Well, it is so good to see all of you here today. What a blessing uh, the baptism was, and uh, uh, we're just delighted to have all of you here today. I want to thank Preston uh, last week for preaching, and if you did not hear his message, I would encourage you to listen to that on YouTube or Facebook on our church channel. Uh, it was a blessing, and uh, if you didn't get to hear it, I encourage you uh, to do so. And then, you know, each service that we have, um, you know, a lot of times we show up and, quote, push a button and everything works. I want to thank Joby and Tara and, and others. Uh, we've been having uh, our main computer went down up here in the sound room and um, our backup in our backup, and our other backup, you know, it's, um, but I appreciate all the hard work that Joe B. and family and Tara did, uh, all the songs played today, you know, so hey, first service, you, we, you know, but we, it, we made it, you know, we made it, and I appreciate them putting in uh, all that time uh, to, to have that, but we're delighted to have you. This morning, I'm still preaching in the book of Acts, uh, we're in Acts chapter 12, uh, this morning, I'd like for you to follow along as I read Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. The title of the message this morning is Deliverance by a Miracle. I want us to remember or realize that God still delivers. And, and, and his deliverance is, is special. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. Now, it might be on the screen, um, and and the words might be a little different because, again, we're using different computers and, and different updates and so forth. Uh, but as you know, I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible, uh, which is Acts chapter 12. It says, About that time, King Herod violently attacked some who belonged to the church, and he executed James, John's brother, with the sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter too during the festival of unleavened bread. After the arrest, he put him in prison and assigned four squads of four soldiers, each to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was praying fervently to God for him. When Herod was about to bring him out for trial, that very night Peter, bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers, while the sentries in front of the door guarded the prison. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. Striking Peter on the side, he woke him up and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Get dressed, the angel told him. Put on your sandals. And he did. Wrap your cloak around you, he told them, and follow me. So he went out and followed and did not know that what the angel did was really happening. But he thought he was seeing a vision. After they passed the first and second guards, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened to them by itself. 
They were outside and passed one street, and suddenly the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's grasp and from all that the Jewish people expected. As soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, who were praying, John Mark, where many had assembled and were praying. He knocked at the door of the outer gate, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer. She recognized Peter's voice because of her joy, but she didn't open the gate and ran in and announced that Peter was standing outside the gates. Verse 15, you're out of your mind, they told her. But she kept insisting it was true, and they said, it's his angel. Peter, however, kept knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him, and they were amazed. Motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Tell these things to James and the brothers, he said, and he left and went to another place. In this passage this morning, as we look at this wonderful story we find that God still was listening to his children and God delivered or brings deliverance in our life. We find that as the story of Acts continues, it shows vividly to us the persecution of the early church. The persecution was real. People were dying because of their belief in Jesus Christ. Because they wouldn't close their mouths, they were killed in some cases. And we find in the story this morning as we read, we find that James lost his life. But even though James lost his life, and later we find John in his life, We look at this story, and you say, did God bring deliverance? And I believe he did, and he did in a mighty way. I know for us as human beings, we have a hard time when a Christian is killed for their faith. We think in some ways that God should come up on that white horse and beat them all dead, and every Christian should live. But Jesus said from the very beginning to his disciples that they would face persecution. They would even face death. Even today, as Christians across this world face persecution. There are Christians today who are in jails, who have been in prison because of their faith in Jesus Christ and would not keep their mouths in preaching the gospel. There have been Christians who have been killed because they preached the gospel. The persecution that we feel here in America is is not to this uh, magnitude, but even Christians today feel like their voice, their, their right to proclaim the gospel is being hindered. We find here that Herod, Herod represented in this story, was trying to please the Jews. You see, he found that that if he 
Well, when he killed James, he, he found that the Jews perked up and the Jews were excited about it, but realized the Jews that I'm referring to here are non-believers, people who did not believe in Jesus Christ. And so when Herod Antipas killed James, the Jews were happy. It shows how people are today. Even there are those when Christians have certain rights taken away from them. There are people today who celebrate that. That Well, the Christians have had power long enough. They, they should be taken out. Their, their way should not be in our schools. Their way should not be in our governments. But we know what God's way is. We find here that there was a desire on, on Herod's part to, to punish but to kill Peter. But as you read this story, we find that it happened during Passover. And even Herod Antipas found and knew that, hey, you don't kill someone at this time. And so he planned the day after the Passover that Peter would be killed. But, you know, we, we need to be reminded. We don't think about persecution today. We don't think about deliverance a couple of verses I want to share with you. One is 2 Timothy 3.12. In 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You know, that's something to think about. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And then in John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, it says, If the world hates you, Understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. And you see, we have to decide where we are. Are we of the world? Or have we realized that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has chosen us, and because he has chosen us, there are those who will not like the things that we do. Agrippa, what a man. Trying to find power, trying to find position, thought he could outmaneuver God. We need to see today that there are people in positions who feel they're in control here on earth. But the throne in heaven is the true place of control. Because that's where God is. God is still in control. Even though these things that we don't like sometimes do happen. And here we find that Herod began to persecute Christians and he liked the results that were taking place. And Herod thought he could please the people and so he placed Peter in prison. This wasn't Peter's first time in prison. This is his third time. And Peter knew, I believe, that God was going to do something. He didn't know exactly what but as you go back and read the times that Peter was in prison, it's amazing how God and what he did in each of those situations. I want us to see that Peter was in prison. But remember something. 
Herod could not imprison the power of God. And what I want us to see this morning, even in the world that we live in today, even though it is changing moment by moment, even though some of us are counting the days when this year will be over. Amen. I agree. I'm one of them. We're counting. It's like, what is going to happen next? We're hoping that next year will be, I hate to even say this, more normal. What is that? Are we starting to live in a time where things will be changing so fast and so different that normal will not be anymore? And, and what we need to see that our world is changing and some of the things that have taken place this year, none of us thought that it would happen at this time. But we need to be, even though things will happen, we need to remember the power of God. This virus has been life-changing. But the power of God is still real and relevant and something to look to in our lives. It's amazing that in the early church, when the church was persecuted, and it was, when Peter and others in the church were persecuted and some killed, others in prison, it was amazing when you go back and look, that's when the church grew the most. And we're seeing something today. Even though churches have had to close, ministries had to be curtailed, because of technology, ministries have expanded. Churches are reaching more people today through technology. And yes, technology is wonderful, and at times we lose the hairs we have left with technology. Ask Daryl. No, no, no. But technology. I already had a person this morning that, you know, is unable to attend church, but texts me, I appreciated the message this morning. Now, I'm not saying that because of me. I, I, I'm saying that, that people are listening. I was able to, just for a few seconds this morning, um, um, Remember Brian and Pearl uh, Williams that are in uh, it Austria? Vienna. Vienna. I listened just a few minutes of him preaching this morning. You know? Uh, again, technology. Uh, every other week I get to hear, either through Facebook or uh, remember um, Dr. W- Dr. Warmington. I'm glad you're sitting up. Dr. Warmington and Marion, uh, as they're in Liberia, every other week they're giving devotions, inspirational. You know, that was there before, but we didn't utilize it. Now we have all of that at our disposal. And people are listening. People are listening. And so even though there's persecution, we need to see that God delivers or brings deliverance in our life. Now, Sometimes we, again, it is so overwhelming that we think that the world is in control, but let's not forget what God is doing. I want you to know God's still moving. God hasn't moved out of the building. God is still working. 
And we need to see as believers that we need to say, God, show me. I don't know what you're going to do in this situation, but God, I know you can deliver me from this. And even though Peter was put in jail, and and I love this story because you listen to it. He was sound asleep. I know how I am before I go on a trip the next day. If it's on vacation, if it's on wherever it's going, I know I don't sleep good the night before. Because I'm thinking of all the things that I have to do. Well, here Peter was going to be killed the next day. And it says he was sound asleep. I don't think I would have been. And and even the light that shined upon him, Peter didn't wake up. I mean, he was sound asleep. Almost in the sense it had to be nudged. Say, Peter, wake up. Put on your clothes. It's like talking to a five-year-old. Put on your clothes. Put on your shoes. Put on your turning. Come on. Get up. Get up. Get up. Here we find that the angel of the Lord was sent. Here he was guarded. He was he was put in an area that 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 seemed impossible. But what took place? What changed things? Let's not forget the power of prayer. The church began praying. The church began praying. Now, let's not forget that. We we need to be reminded that when we come together in unity and come together in the name of Jesus Christ and begin praying, let me me tell you, things are going to happen. We need to be reminded of the need, as the scripture says, pray consistently. Pray with a fervent heart. Pray consistently. And the church began praying. In Luke 18, 1, it says, Now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not to give up. We need to see today, as we look at the Scripture, the importance of praying for our country. I know you said, well, preacher, it just seems so out of place. But we need to, to pray for our country and not stop. Continue to pray. We need to pray for ourselves for the guidance that we need. And so we find that this prayer and this unfainting prayer and this, the power that came from prayer. James tells us in in James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Therefore confess your sins to one another. Excuse me. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. We need to see that there is no limit to the power of prayer. Now, here we find Peter asleep, going to be killed the next day. Peter sound asleep. The angel of the Lord comes in. God sent the angel. But could it have been the people that had been praying? Say, God, we need deliverance. We need you. And here we find this story where God brought deliverance in this person's life. Remember Philippians 4, 7? It says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Now, here comes the deliverance. Here Peter was sound asleep and freedom came. It came in the form of an angel that said, Peter, get up. Peter, get up, put your clothes on, put your shoes on, get your cloak, and let's go. 
Peter probably, I know how some of you are when your parents come in there and wake you up or your spouse comes away. You know, you're half out of it. Peter could have been, but Peter obeyed. He found a freedom. The chains were loosened. He was set free, and he followed the angel. The angel took him out. No one else was disturbed. Took him out of the danger. Brought him out into the street and left him alone. At first, Peter thought he was dreaming. And he, but at the same time, he knew that God's power can set us free. Church, we need to remember that our God has the power to set us free. Every one of us. I know sometimes you say, well, preacher, you don't know me. You don't know what I have done. Let me tell you, there is no limits on the power of God and what God can do. And so here, Peter was set free, and he was brought out into the streets, and I'm I'm sure he looked around and saw where he was, and he knew he wasn't in the jail anymore. And the first place he thought of, he said, let me go to where they're praying. Now, this part of the story I just love. It's a little, you know. I I love this part. He goes to where they were praying, and he knocks on the door. And here's this young lady, hears him, hears his voice, and goes running to those that are fervently in prayer. And what did they tell her? They said, basically, they said, you're crazy. We're praying for this man because he's in prison. And they finally said, well, that must be the angel of Peter. Now think with me. If that was an angel, if it was, and it wasn't, does an angel stop at a door? An angel can go right through that door. So that's, you know, I go, wait, what were they thinking? And, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, now they were doing a great thing. They were praying for his release. They were praying for God to do something. But God did it. But they were too busy to recognize what God had done. And sometimes we do the same thing. God moves. God acts. God does something. And we say, okay, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not there yet. Well, God said, come on. I'm there already. God had brought deliverance upon Peter and showed the example, but the people did not realize it. And then when they came in, because with Peter outside that door, the longer he was outside that door, he was in great danger. And when he got in, he told him to be quiet. And he told him what happened. Guys, we need to see that God brought this deliverance. And yes, people had prayed, and that was great. But we also need to see, don't be surprised when God acts, when God answers. I think sometimes we think, well, you know, I just, we just got to pray. We got to pray. That's true. But God. Sometimes acts, and it's right there in front of us. And we just need to get down on our knees and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this deliverance. And so deliverance came. Now, I know, I know for me, and I know for you probably the same. Sometimes we, we say, well, why did God, James got killed. Peter got spared. Why, why did some have to die and, 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 and some live? We even ask ourselves that question today, don't we? It's like when a Christian dies 
of cancer. We thought, why did they have to die? We do. We, they, you know, they're, they're a good person. Okay? Jesus told his disciples from day one that they would face persecution. That they would face trials. Everyone. And even today, we are not exempt from trials. We're not exempt from death. I know some of you say, well, I've got that uh, get-out-of-jail card from Monopoly. Well, good. But does that prevent death? (laughs) No. But even in death, our Lord brings victory. Our Lord brings victory. And so this morning, I know a lot of times we say, man, I I wish this persecution would stop. I understand that. But at the same time, we need to realize that that It's here. It's coming. But even in that moment, we should pray for the Lord's deliverance. And it might be immediate, it might be now, or it might be the deliverance of death here on this earth and life with him everlasting. Deliverance comes. But even in persecution, we don't need to just sit down and Get our pity party going and say, man, it's all over. In a way, it's just beginning. But our God, on that throne, still delivers. You know, with the virus, you know, with people not able to go out to eat, the restaurants now, many of them will either do curb service or many of them now will deliver your food to you. You know, you can pay Amazon Prime and have your delivery in two days. We, we like getting things delivered. Let me tell you something. Our Lord Jesus Christ, through our Heavenly Father, is here today to deliver salvation to the lost. There's no cost. The cost has been paid. He is ready to deliver that to you. But what's stopping you? Well, I've got a lot going on in my life right now. I, I, don't, I just don't know if I have time for him. We need to make time. But you know what? Our Lord not only wants to bring and deliver salvation, he has other things that he can deliver. You know the worries that we have? The anger that we have? God can deliver what we need in each of those cases. But maybe we have to ask, what's stopping you? What's stopping me in accepting that delivery? Our God is able, amen? Our God is powerful. And he will always deliver. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for this message. And Lord, we pray and thank you that no matter what situation we're in, even the most desperate God, you are able, and may we call upon you. May we pray to you. Lord, may we just come before you. And Lord, we thank you. Lord, today, if there's one that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray, Lord, today that they would accept the deliverance of salvation. And Lord, I ask this in your Son's name.